1: Welcome to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. We are so glad that you have joined us if you're watching or listening. To today's episode. And if you're new to the podcast, we want to welcome you to the show. Our mission here at Church Leadership Podcast is to encourage and equip you to lead in the local church. And we know today's episode is going to help you do just that. Before we get to today's conversation, I want to remind you to go over and subscribe to the podcast where you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on Apple or Stitcher or uh, Spotify or Amazon Music or whatever, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We don't want you to miss a single episode, and now here is today's conversation.
0: We welcome you to the Church Leadership Podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. We are delighted to have a guest with us who is a a b- fellow Birmingham area pastor, uh, as a matter of fact, in, in Homewood. We have uh, David Eldridge with us, who is the senior pastor of Dawson Memorial Baptist Church, and we are so grateful that David took time out of his schedule to join us here on the podcast. Thank you so much, David, for, for being with us on the Church Leadership Podcast this week. I'm glad to, guys. Thank you all.
2: For the invitation, I'm honored to have a conversation with you guys.
1: Well, I want to start because, uh, David, you and I, I mean, we're, we're getting to know each other. We yeah. don't know each other really well, but... Um, we have a partnership, our churches at least do, and, mm-hmm. and uh, so our church is the host church. Um, we house uh, one of the Hispanic mission churches that Dawson planted, and uh, New Life Baptist Church is, meets on Sundays right after we do, right here in this building mm-hmm. that I'm in, and that's uh, so cool, and I love that, that that's the heartbeat of your church, and really your heartbeat too is missions and, mm-hmm. and making a difference uh, not just where you are, but in the world, and the community around you, in the world. So um, talk to us a little bit about how not only your church, but how you are involved and have a passion uh, to take the gospel to the nations.
2: Yeah, Mark, um, yeah, it's, and thank you for your heartbeat, uh, for reaching uh, the for North Jefferson area there, Fultondale, Gardendale, and uh, thanks for the partnership with Joshua and, and the Del Risco family, Esther, and it is exciting to see what uh, that church plant is doing there. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a recipient of, of just a, a church that for 96 years has had a, a great commission call and an obedience to that. And that has played out in a variety of ways, but probably 30 years ago. Olson had, uh, was able to see in the greater Birmingham area that there was an increasing number of Spanish speakers that were moving in and settling in and working. And so our church, and uh, Dr. Fenton, my predecessor, just sort of had the foresight and others, uh, even before his ministry here in the, in the late uh, 80s and early 90s, said, hey, we, we want to be a church that is Reaching the Spanish speaking community, the Hispanic community. And so I have the great privilege to serve uh, with Byron Mascara. Byron has been the uh, uh, church, we, we have a Hispanic congregation that meets in our facility. And so they're a sister congregation to us. And so uh, there's Anglo English-speaking, Spanish-speaking here at Dawson, and so that congregation had a vision to be a church-planning community, and so out of that came uh, uh, Joshua Del Risco and New Life uh, uh, Church there with you guys, and so it's it's just a tremendous privilege to be able to see uh, that that growth there. But yeah, I, I mean, we we are a church that wants to be faithful to what God is calling us to do to reach not only the Birmingham metro area, but Alabama, our nation, and the world. And that takes a a variety of manifestations here at Dawson, but but largely they're long-term partnerships that include four things. One is a commitment to prayer. So we want to pray for those places across the world and in our state and in our community that uh, we want to see a strategic work of the gospel to be able to penetrate those hearts. And we know that ultimately resources aren't the first and foremost thing that breaks that spiritual uh, hardness, but it it is prayer. So we want to be a praying church. We want to be a church that's a sending church. So prayer and people, our, our partnerships, mission partnerships. want to we want to have feet on the ground, and we want to know our partners. We want to so so someone like Joshua Del Risco and and Byron Mascara and others. They're they're part of our family. And so whether it's in Maine, whether it's in Las Vegas, whether it's in Turkey, whether it's uh, you know in in other places that we have great partnerships with, we we want to send people. We want to be able to have an aspect of provision. I mean, there's no denying that, that missions requires a variety of, of resources. In and, and a church like Dawson, we feel that one of our callings in the body of Christ is to be a church that is able to take the resources that God's entrusted to our people and to be good stewards of that. And some of that is uh, what God is doing in our, our facilities here. Uh, some of that is, is, is what God is doing in our staffs here. But but a great portion of that is uh, far outside of our facilities, far outside of our staff, far outside of what God is doing on our local address here. So people, provision, prayer, and ultimately, we, we think that the promotion of what God is doing, we, we as a church uh, want to promote uh, the, the richness and the breadth of the body of Christ. And uh, we're able to see that in Birmingham through partnerships like what we have uh, called the Learning Center, which is able to see a need of, of educational inequity in our communities and to be able to come alongside of men and women, uh, to be able to partner with them to get a GED, but in the process of them getting a GED to be able to uh, see, see uh, Bible uh, partnerships where we're walking through the the narrative of scripture in that kind of close uh, relationships one-on-one. So uh, I could, as you can tell, uh, Mark, I could talk about this for a long time here. So it is, it's the heart it's of awesome. our church and it's, it's, it, it is an amazing privilege to be able to pastor a church. It's one of the things uh, really four years ago when we were praying about coming to Dawson, we were just so excited about the the local the national and the global reach of the church. And to, to know that that was the ethos of the congregation. And that certainly was at, at the heartbeat of my wife and myself and in previous contexts. So yeah, it's a privilege. So yeah, awesome. thank you Mark for your partnership and, and your wonderful
0: church uh, and, and, and what you guys are doing.
1: We love it, man.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm kind of outside the bubble listening to the conversation between you two and thinking about the, the, the partnership that you're talking about. And it's just fantastic to know that that type of gospel partnership is taking place. And uh, David, not Mark, I know you guys are not the only pastors and churches who partner to do those kind of things, but I guarantee you, there may be somebody listening today who that very well may be on their radar. Maybe they're thinking about partnering with another church, whether it be a Hispanic congregation or maybe in a, a different community in a church that needs a little bit of help, maybe some prayer and some resources like you were talking about, David. So that's fantastic to, to think about. But right now, a lot of that is is probably harder than it's been prior to a year ago.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, I know it's ministry's tough anyway. So mm-hmm. how have you kind of, David, there at Dawson, how have you guys kind of kept momentum? Because it sounds like you hit the ground running when you got there four years ago. Uh, there was already a lot of great things going and a, a lot of things for you to really probably step back and and evaluate to see you know where you wanted to to put emphasis on and priorities on in your your ministry there. What has it been like in the past year to kind of mm-hmm. have to put the brakes on or
2: actually
0: or mm-hmm. step back and say you know what we're we're going to have to either put this on hold or wait or stop this?
2: Yeah, Andy, what? It's an insightful question. It's really it's a question that I think every pastor is dealing with and has dealt with this last year has been um, it's been exhilarating and exhausting simultaneously. It's been challenging and confounding. It is, it has been something that I think most pastors, my, my, my consensus um, is that most shepherds want to be consensus builders we want to leave from a place. Now, that's not all. Sometimes God calls us to a place where we realize there's not going to be consensus and we, we, we must push through. But a shepherd's heart generally is to bring about the flock of God and to lead them as best we can uh, through prayerful, deliberate, uh, careful uh, planning and communication. And one of the things I think has been so difficult about COVID and the variety of complications in the midst of it is that, I think I realized pretty early on that consensus was going to be impossible. I mean, that 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 early on that you would have people uh, from a staff level or even, you know, in the pews. And then even, even in the wider conversation in the community with leaders and experts who were just so polarized around this. So I think one of the things that can be exhausting about this season, and a lot of pastors probably can relate to this, is, in, you know, on the same day receiving an email saying, uh, what you're doing is the most reckless thing that you can be doing, you know, and, and, and then the same day get another email saying, uh, when are we going to hurry up and move past this? You know, you have, you just have different temperaments, you have different backgrounds, you have different, um, family situations and all of the complexity and nuance of life. And to realize that there are going to be some people that do not want to come back into a building until the year 2025. And then you have people who are on the other side of it that say, hey, let's move on. And let's why are we why are we canceling anything? And so I think it has uh, most pastors are probably emotionally, probably more emotionally exhausted, Um and there's no doubt there's been physical exhaustion and you put on top of that you put the polarization of politics you put some of the struggles of our african-american brothers and sisters and some of the the, the racial injustice that has been around for uh, all of america's history certainly pronounced in the civil rights movement certainly pronounced in these last years with george floyd and uh, ahmaud albury and, and all of these things coming together it is just this perfect storm of alienation and polarization. And again, as a shepherd of God's people, you're saying, "Hey, do I speak to this? Do I speak to that? Do I, you know?" And then, and you're shepherding through the Word of God. Now, with all of that said, though, you know, when the, yesterday, and I just, just a personal testimony, yesterday, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of all these things, we we are seeing. Um, God used this disruption in people's lives to bring about real significant uh, reflection. Um, I baptized five adults last Sunday. Our church did. I baptized four of them. One of my other ministers baptized. And so that, that's exceptional for a congregation, a traditional congregation like Dawson, to see uh, adults baptized and to be able to see people coming into the fold who are visiting for the yeah. first time that disruption I think in people's lives Andy and that's so yes is it has it been challenging yes uh, has it been uh, wonderful for opportunities to lead our people to be able to rethink uh, this is this is a permission slip to reset everything in the life of the church and not everything in the life of the church. That's an exaggeration. Uh, Some things, obviously COVID does not change the centrality of the gospel, the importance of the preaching of God's word, Uh, you know, but, but there is a sense in which from a leadership standpoint and a vision setting standpoint, you get a fresh slate of opportunities and what a privilege uh, that is and what a need to be prayerful. So how have we walked through this? Try to be patient, try to be prayerful, try to be understanding, and frankly, try to say, hey, um, I, I think I noticed early on the need um, to, to, to give people a little bit of, of just slack. And even myself. Uh, and I, I had to say, hey, look, we're having all these Zoom calls, and I was realizing with my staff, I was coming across like really strong on Zoom, you know, and and I was getting irritated. And so there there's just been times where I had to say, hey, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I said that. I didn't mean it that way. Or maybe I did mean it that way. <laughs> and you took it exactly how I meant it. I just need to confess that. So yeah. hey, that's a long-winded answer to a very short question, but it's a no, big I, question.
0: I was yeah. going to say that that could be a question we could talk about for 20 or 25 minutes. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's not a, an easily answered in a succinct short short way so well, no, I, I love
1: how you put it yeah a permission slip it is yeah I love it. yeah um, it, well it let is. me ask let me ask about a specific area in that and we i don't think we've asked anybody this question but i know you have a passion to exegete god's word yeah to proclaim the gospel as you preach um and you you preach through books of the bible which we love and so I want to ask this question. Have you have you found your preaching has had to adjust or be altered or ha- has it been the same through COVID or have you I mean, have there any any adjustments you've made at all knowing that the attention span may be a little bit different or an engagement level or knowing that the, the what you talked about, the pressure has been put so heavily on the shoulders of our people and us as pastors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has it affected your preaching good, you know, positively or negatively in any way during this time?
2: Well, yeah, I think Mark, what a great question. And I mean, obviously the answer is going to be yes, because I mean, we're always preaching in a, you know, uh, we, we want our sermons. I think all of us as pastors, we, we want to preach timely sermons and not timeless sermons you know, I, I, I don't want to deliver, all of my sermons should have a, a week expiration date on them. You know, it, that, yes. that if you heard this sermon a month later, that it, there's, because I'm preaching to a people in a specific place, in a specific time. Um, now, my practice is, as you said, uh, Mark, to, to walk through books of the Bible, uh, sections of scripture, extended sections, you know, sort of uh, textual unit after textual unit. Now, I will say in the immediacy of the shutdown, going back to March and April, I took three weeks and did, um, I, 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 I walked through, because there was so much worry, there was so much uncertainty, there was so, you know, most people living today, children to grandparents, that word pandemic was not a word that was really fresh on our mouth, right. you know, from our tongue, excuse me. And so, so there was no doubt that I saw the opportunity to walk through the Psalter, you know, where uh, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Uh, you know, Philippians chapter four, where it talks about, you know, in all things uh, to be able to uh, cast our cares to to the Lord. And uh, to, so, these passages about anxiety and the Sermon on the Mount, uh, walk through Jesus's words. So, so sort of, but. But outside of those three weeks, uh, sort of that steady diet of walking through scripture, and I found, what I started a series, and I knew I was going to do this pre-COVID on the book of Exodus. Well, you, you think, boy, the book of Exodus is so far removed from the political turmoil of, 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 um, of our day right here. But when I was preaching from Exodus chapter one, beginning this sermon series, we were right in the heartbeat of the election. And and one of the things I I was noting, uh, you know, right in the middle of all this without mentioning Biden, without mentioning Trump. Actually, I mentioned them, but it wasn't a political sermon in the sense I was just taking the events. But you have you have these two Hebrew, you know, uh, midwives, Shipra and Pua. So we know their names, the most insignificant people we know, but we don't know. There's all of this uh, you know, confounding scholarship about who the pharaoh was. And so you have all of these scholars that are like, well, maybe it's, maybe it's this pharaoh, maybe it's that pharaoh. And there's just this amazing timeless truth in, in this mm-hmm. timely manner here that, yes, the presidential election matters. There's no denying that but from a grand cosmic scheme when, when you don't know who the most powerful person's name was in the entire ancient Near Eastern world, the Egyptian world, that fair, we don't know who it is, but we know these two Hebrew midwives. It does put some things in perspective. And so it's almost like walking through scripture and if somebody came up to me afterwards and said, "Hey, that was that was kind of a, that was kind of a political sermon there." It, it, it really isn't, but it really is, you know, because um, I, it isn't in the sense that I'm I'm just talking about well, who should you vote for here, or or what's going to happen to America here. Right. It puts it in part of, of this this grand narrative of what God is doing. So, yeah, I'm a huge believer, Mark, in walking through God's Word, and so I preached on Zipporah circumcising Moses' son last week and and I will, I am smart enough or wise enough now in my ministry when I was planning that out that fell on Valentine's Day and so I did I did do this I did punt that to the next week. So, Pretty so smart, I, do, yes. I do have enough tactfulness to know wise decision. <laughs> thank sure. you. Thank you. Uh, but I did tell my people that like if you're if you're uncomfortable with this it, it originally fell on Valentine's Day. So it could be worse. So that's, that's not, pretty good. Yeah, that's man. Good. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, you know, knowledge and wisdom are very important. Uh, <laughs> knowing, knowing what to do with the knowledge that we've been given. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, let me tell you, you have given us some great insight today, just in our short time together. I mean, we've talked about uh, gospel partnerships, we've talked about uh, preaching. We've talked about, you know, missions work in our, our area and, and dealing with the pandemic. We've talked about several different things, but as we close out together today, there may be somebody listening. There may be somebody watching this podcast today, David, and maybe they've heard something you've had to say. Maybe it's, you know, either raised a red flag as an area I need to work in or push our church toward, or, or maybe step back from, or maybe they've heard something today that's kind of challenged them to push forward and do something. Uh, what would you say to somebody who may be watching or listening today that's heard what you have to say? Maybe, maybe they've come into a church just prior to a pandemic. Maybe they've not had the blessing of being in a church like you are, that has this heart for missions and evangelism that just really loves to hear, you know, deep theological expositional sermons. Maybe they're in a tough place.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, what would you say to those pastors and church leaders who maybe Maybe they're in a, a a place right now, maybe they're a little discouraged. And then they can really use something encouraging as they as they hear these final thoughts from you today.
2: Well, Andy, Mark, I, I'm just so glad that they're listening to you too. And I'm glad that your ministry is extending to to that pastor. And yeah, I, I think I think all of us as pastors, we can be in a place where where we forget at times. That, that the people that we shepherd are people who need a shepherd and and at times the people can become the enemy sometimes the people can become the obstacle and I think I, I would just say to that pastor who feels as if they're in such a difficult place um, to just leave the office and and I know COVID is, is isolating a lot of people but uh, put on a mask and uh, Get in the car and and drive over to that senior saint who maybe is the biggest critic of you and um, sit six feet away and let her tell you a story about her husband who passed away 10 years ago, Mm. who was a deacon in that church for 55 years. And she's been complaining about your preaching. She's been complaining about your leadership changes and you've gotten rid of this and you've started this and she's just eating you up left and right. And she can become this is how Satan, he he can, he can make and, and the flock can bite back. There's no doubt. But when you sit down in that room and you just listen to her, oftentimes you you just you that personal relationship. Uh, can just go so far, and I think I think as shepherds, we 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 cannot shepherd the flock, no matter how small, no matter how large. We we cannot shepherd the flock from a distance. We we have to be with the sheep. Now we can't be with all of them all at the same time, but we can be with some of them some of the time, and we cannot isolate. So I would just say to the pastor in the midst of COVID. Um, do do not isolate yourself from the flock. Oh. Hear those stories and and weep with your people and know your people and pray for your people. And there's just something about um, learn from your people. I I, I tell you, I, I just am so deeply encouraged by 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 the members of our church and, and the just tremendous insight that they have to the Word of God and just. Faithfully living out uh, their faith as husbands and wives and grandparents, and they, they've they've just walked the, the road. And and I think sometimes as pastors, we can just set ourselves up as sort of the experts who are here to you know, just show show you the way and lead you know lead and follow. And we're bold and we're you know we have we I think we have the wrong imagery, and mm-hmm. we need we need less CEO. Life coach imagery, we need just more we need a recovery of the word pastor. and uh, you, you, you need to be a pastor and and there's just something about when when I'm having a bad day, uh, I, I, I just I leave the office and I go to the hospital and and just walking in there and praying and, and it just brings you back to that place of what God has called us to do and to be able to walk alongside of people. So again, uh, Andy, a long answer to a a great short question there, but, um, that's, that's, uh, I think a a word from my own heart, as you asked a a question that's immensely relevant to to me. And I think to everyone who's listening, brother.
1: Well, that, that is the perfect way to close that out. What an encouragement. Amen. What a great reminder and a challenge to, to pastor the shepherd. Mm-hmm. Or to pastor and shepherd the flock that God has given us. So well mm-hmm. said, David. We appreciate your time, and thank you for joining us uh, on the podcast. And uh, I know those watching and listening have been encouraged and equipped to lead in the local church, so we will see you guys next time.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.